Hello, ladies, and welcome to the Amazing Bible Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at theab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today we are looking at the birth story of John the Baptist and Jesus Christ, then a small glimpse of Jesus as a child, his genealogy, his baptism, and temptation. In New Testament Foundations, A Guide for Christian Students by Ralph P. Martin, Luke shows us a history of salvation which unfolds in three distinct stages, the period of Israel, the period of Jesus's ministry or the middle of time in the title of Konzelman's German edition and the age of the church. This is found on page 246 and 247 of his book. In Luke chapter 1 verse 5 through chapter 4 verse 13, we see the period of Israel. This section is unique to Luke. Matthew tells us of the birth of Jesus and focuses on Joseph's lineage, which according to Dr. Allen B. Stringfellow was the legal, not the physical father of Jesus. In Matthew, we saw the wise men come to worship the king and how this fulfilled scripture. But here we see Mary's side of the family and Mary's story. Yesterday, our lesson covered Luke, the physician, and how he spoke with eyewitnesses and servants of the word, like Paul, and it seems pretty clear that he must have spoken to Mary, the mother of Jesus, in order to know this section of the story, although the scripture does not say that. He wrote it down in a historical and theological way for Theophilus to know the truth for what he had been taught. Theophilus means lover of God. The prologue was verses 1 through 4 of chapter 1, and now we begin the period of Israel stage. In other words, the fulfillment of prophecies to the Jews in the Hebrew Old Testament, which the Lord fulfilled. One point I read was that the book of Luke begins and ends in the temple. Starting with verse 5, we see a priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were faithful, but Elizabeth was barren and old. At the appointed time, God's time, it was time for Zacharias to enter the temple of the Lord to burn incense. Verse 10 reads, And the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of the incense offering. One thing we will notice as we read through Luke, prayer is a big deal to Luke. An angel appeared in the temple, which scared Zacharias, but the angel said, Do not be afraid. Angels say that a lot in Luke 2. You and Elizabeth will have a son, and you will name him John. He told Zacharias, you will have joy and gladness. Joy is another important word for Luke. And many will rejoice at his birth. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is another important word in Luke. He is the forerunner and will come in the spirit and power of Elijah. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children. This quotes Malachi chapter 4, verse 6. 
Zacharias asked, How will I know this is certain, for both me and my wife are old? Gabriel, the angel, said, I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news, which means gospel. Since Zacharias did not believe the angel, he was not able to speak until the baby was born. Zacharias finished his duties at the temple and then came home, and verse 24 states that Elizabeth, his wife, became pregnant, and she kept herself in seclusion for five months, saying, This is the way the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked with favor upon me to take away my disgrace among men. I often wondered if she stayed in seclusion for fear of a miscarriage since she was older, but it does not say why. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a virgin engaged to Joseph of the descendants of David to marry. The angel said, greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. We should recognize what an amazing woman Mary is. Mary pondered this salutation. The angel said, Do not be afraid. The angel told her she would conceive and name her son Jesus. She asked, How can this be since I'm a virgin? The angel explained, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. Then the angel told Mary that Elizabeth, her relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Mary responded, Behold the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel left. Mary rose up and went in a hurry to the hill country of Judah, entered Zechariah's house, and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby in her womb leaped with joy, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she blessed Mary. Ladies, have you ever realized that the miracle that had happened in Elizabeth's life helped Mary to see and believe the amazing miracle that was happening in her life. Plus, the Holy Spirit revealed to Elizabeth what was going on in Mary, and that also helped to affirm to her this miracle. I have said it before, but I must say it again. The virgin birth is a big deal in the Christian faith because Jesus was born of God, not of Adam's sinful seed. This fulfilled the very first promise of the Messiah found in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. This promise was made to the serpent. It was through her seed, not Adam's, that the promised Messiah would come. After Mary saw Elizabeth and heard her words of affirmation, Mary praised the Lord in verses 46 through 55. This is called the Magnificat. 
One thing to note is that Mary quoted tons of scripture in her song of praise. Psalm 138, 6, Psalm 103, 17, Psalm 118, 15, Psalm 98, 1, Psalm 107, verse 9, Psalm 132, verse 11, Genesis 11, verse 8, Genesis 17, verse 19, Job chapter 5, verse 11. One point we see is that the Lord raises up the humble and brings down the prideful. Mary knew her scripture. Mary stayed for three months and then returned home. We don't know if she stayed for the birth of John or not. The rest of chapter one, John is born. Elizabeth bore a son. She named him John. But the people said, no one in your family is named John. So they asked Zacharias and gave him a writing tablet. And he wrote, his name is John, verse 63. At once his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed and he praised God. Zacharias prophesied and quoted many scriptures of the Old Testament from Joel, 1 Kings, Psalms, 1 Samuel, Ezekiel, Micah, Genesis, Malachi, Jeremiah, and Isaiah. This passage, Luke chapter 1, verses 68 through 79, is known as the Benedictus. Verse 58 said the people were rejoicing with them. And verse 80 reads, And the child continued to grow and become strong in spirit. And he lived in the deserts until the day of his public appearance to Israel. Due to time and because Luke chapter 2 is so familiar, I wanted to point out just a couple of things. Remember, this is an overview. I'm not quoting you scripture. So please read the story again on your own. In this version of the story, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, which fulfilled Micah, and the angels appeared to shepherds, the lowly people, with good news and great joy. They said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. This is called Gloria in excelsis. This king was born in a manger, a place that the shepherds could go. Mary treasured and pondered these things in her heart, verse 19. Eight days later, when Jesus was to be circumcised and dedicated unto the Lord, Exodus 13, 2, Numbers 3, 13, and verse 18, and Leviticus chapter 5, verse 11, and chapter 12, verse 8, they brought him into the temple and a man named Simon, whom the Holy Spirit was upon and whom the Holy Spirit told he would not die until he saw the Lord's Christ. And he was led by the Spirit into the temple. Once he saw Jesus, he said, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. This is called Nuc Demetis. Here he quotes Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, chapter 42, verse 6, chapter 49, verse 6 and 9, chapter 51, verse 4, and chapter 50, verse 1 through 3, all of Isaiah. This is another point that is big with Luke. The gospel is for everyone, even the Gentiles, and that fulfills the Old Testament. 
There was also a prophetess, Anna, who was a widow and stayed in the temple continually with fasting and prayers. She gave thanks to God for the redemption of Jerusalem. These hymns of praise are studied in detail and are unique to Luke. According to Ralph P. Martin, Luke included them to demonstrate the continuity in the drama of redemption between the Old and the New Covenants. Joseph, Mary, and Jesus went back home, and verse 40 said, The child continued to grow and become strong, increasing in wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. It is interesting to note that John the Baptist grew and became strong in the spirit. With Jesus, he did not have to grow in the spirit because he was fully God. The spirit was his spirit. Jesus grew physically and with human knowledge and God's grace was upon him. The next section, verses 41 through 52, is the story of Jesus at 12 years old going to the temple for the Feast of Passover, which was their custom. One thing to keep in mind is that in Jewish custom, it was at 12 that boys had bar mitzvah, and then they were considered, quote, adults. It was time to go, and his parents thought he was with the caravan, but he was not. They went back to Jerusalem to find him. It took them three days, and they found him sitting in the midst of the teachers in the temple. He listened and asked questions, and they were amazed at his understanding and his answers. Mary asked him, Son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. Now, first of all, Jesus was not walking in disobedience. What he was doing was not rebellion, and it was not against his parents. Secondly, I find it interesting that Mary, who knew better, told Jesus, your father and I. She, of all people, knew Joseph was not his father. So was she trying to pretend for 12 years or blend in with the crowd? Jesus responded, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I had to be in my father's house? Jesus knew who he was at the age of 12. He did not fully understand all that it entailed, but he knew that God was his father and Joseph was not. I marvel at verse 50, but they did not understand the statement which he made to them. I mean, Joseph also knew he was not his son. Now, maybe he questioned if he really was the son of God, but Mary knew. I do think that just as Jesus did not fully understand yet what being the Son of God entailed, neither did Mary or Joseph. Then verses 51 to 52 amaze me about Jesus. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he continued in subjection to them, and his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. This shows us Jesus' humanity and his submission to his heavenly father as well as to his earthly stepfather and mother. One thing I've come to realize is that if Jesus grew up in the temple, people would have tried to kill him a lot sooner 
and it was not time yet. He needed to grow up in Nazareth and become a man, and that leads us to chapter 3. John the Baptist is now a man, and the Lord called him to his ministry as the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make ready the way of the Lord, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. And then John said, and all flesh will see the salvation of God, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 5, which showed that the Old Testament declares that the gospel was for all believers. He preached repentance and baptized. Verses 1 through 20 talk of John's ministry and how he was put in prison by Herod. But in verse 22, we learn that John also baptized Jesus. We see for the first time that while Jesus was praying, heaven was opened and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove and a voice came out of heaven. You are my beloved son. In you, I am well pleased. We see that Jesus was praying at his baptism. As I have said before, what we do not see is that Jesus repented of sin because he was sinless. But we do see the Holy Trinity here. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In verse 23, we see that Jesus was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. And then it said, being as was supposed, the son of Joseph, the son of Eli. Here we see a unique lineage of Jesus. Some people say that it is the line of Mary, and it could be. But keep in mind that scripture does not say that it is. This is when we need to keep in mind why they wrote what they wrote. Matthew wrote his genealogy of Jesus as the line of King David, and we see the kings listed. He also showed some women along the way. He grouped his in three sections of 14s, a perfect number, from Abraham to David, and then from Solomon to the exile, and then 14 from the exile to Joseph, the husband of Mary, to Jesus. He did leave out some people in making his point. This was showing God's perfect timing, 14, between the major events in Israel's life. He was not writing to be historically accurate. Here, Luke writes, starting with Jesus, then Joseph, and then Joseph's father is different. Here it is Eli. Some say that this was Mary's father, but scripture does not say that. None of the names match up until Shiltiel and Zerubbabel, the time of the exile. Then the names don't match up until David and Abraham. In this line, it's not through the line of King Solomon, but of Nathan, who was born of Bathsheba, but he was not king. Then Luke continued the genealogy from Abraham to the son of Adam, the son of God. Luke is making it clear that Jesus was the son of Adam. He was human, but he also was the son of God. With Luke's list, he has 77 names. Seven, that holy number multiplied by 11. One of the problems faced is that records during these ages were through the men, not the women. And Jesus was not born of Joseph, but of Mary. 
We do know that Mary was related to Elizabeth, but we don't know how exactly. But Elizabeth was from the daughters of Aaron, the priestly line. That also made John the Baptist and Jesus cousins of some sort. Dr. Alan B. Stringfellow said in his book, Through the Bible in One Year, a 52-lesson introduction to the 66 books of the Bible, the reason we believe as to the positioning of the lineage in Matthew and Luke is that the first important thing with Matthew is to establish our Lord's Davidic heirship to the throne, whereas Luke's first concern is the real human birth, growth, and perfect manhood of Jesus. Page 129. In Luke, the genealogy comes after Jesus' baptism and before his temptation. Chapter 4, verse 1 reads, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, which was where he was baptized, and was led around by the Spirit in the wilderness. One thing we see is that Jesus, who was God and yet fully man, was led by the Holy Spirit, even into difficult places. Also, in contrast to John the Baptist, who was empowered with the spirit of Elijah, with Jesus, he is in the power of the spirit. As we know, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by the devil. He fasted during that time, and at the end, he became hungry. The devil tempted Jesus with three temptations that we know of, which the Jews struggled with in their wilderness experience. But Jesus overcame, and he did so by quoting Old Testament scriptures found in Deuteronomy. Verse 13 reads, When the devil had finished every temptation, he left him until an opportune time. Jesus faced every temptation, yet without sin. The writer of Hebrews states, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's Hebrews chapter 4 verses 15 and 16. Do you need mercy or grace today? Because of Jesus, we can confidently come before God. Jesus paid the price for our sin when he died on the cross and rose again. So we do not have to fear judgment. For those who believe, it is a throne of grace. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. Instead, let's be women who pray and obey. Until next time, and thanks so much for listening.